Hey, good morning. I hope you're doing great in today's episode. I'm really excited. This comes after having some conversations over the last few weeks with some really good friends. And I said to them, hey, what are some things that you think I could really chat about on the podcast that would really be, you know, applicable and timely and just helpful? Because my passion for health and holistic health well-being, you know, designing a healthy home that really nurtures and nourishes your family sometimes comes from us, you know, the the person at the head of the household or making these conscious decisions, buying the groceries, maybe making the meals, but sometimes it can be really hard to get your family on board. And I get that. Um, I think, you know, depending on the age and stage of your family, It's easier when your kids are younger and then they start going out into this big, beautiful world and, you know, you have to equip them with the armor to be able to make some of these decisions themselves. And so I think it's always an ongoing conversation. So in today's episode, I'm really excited to just really chat with a few ways that you can really encourage and cheer on your family with the hopes that you get them to eat healthy as well. And the one area I really want to start this conversation with is around sugar. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to the Thrive With Me podcast, a place for you to realign, reset, and pour into your growth and expansion. Are you ready to become a more present and happy mama and wife as you chase those dreams on your heart? Are you tired of feeling that overwhelm and burnout as you take care of your family, the home, and all the schedules? Does your health seem to go to the bottom of your priority list? Could you use an amazing community to challenge you and cheer you on as you build your legacy and impact? Well, my friend, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Natasha Bell, and this podcast is for the modern, ambitious woman ready to rise in health, community, and faith in her calling while having a lot of fun. I'm a small town girl, wife, mom of three, and multi-passionate entrepreneur that's on a mission to help you thrive in health, the community you surround yourself with, and to cheer you on as you step forward in confidence and align with your unique calling. All right, friend, let's get ready to thrive together. Hey, I am so glad you're here today for a quick conversation about how to get your family to really, you know, buy into the healthy eating within your home. And I think as we all continue on and march on with our health journey, we really need to look at food first. Let food be thy medicine. And I think just in the the fullness, the busyness of our lives, all the different, you know, passions you have, your work, your home, activities, kids, friends, you know, like all of the areas of our life that we really, we love and we love diving into. It's sometimes our food that gets the shaft. (laughs) And, you know, again, through a decade of, of coaching, primarily moms and women or women who were really wanting to bring a level of awareness to how they nourish their bodies, you know, before conception even. And that was my, my, uh, first really step into taking care of myself was the moment I really decided, you know, one day I want to have a kid. I want to look after my body and create the strong foundation to be able to carry a child. That's when it got real. And then, 
that's easier when it's your, just yourself. And then you have kids <laughs> or your partner, even depending on who your partner is. Not every might be, not everyone might be as open-minded as you wish they would be. So what I hope this conversation sparks for you today is just a refresh uh, maybe it's the conversations you're having around the dinner table with your family or in, in the, ca- the car or the van as you're driving with your kids, because I don't know what season you're walking right now. I don't know maybe what your current health habits look like for your family, uh, but I think we can always reassess and kind of realign, start over springtime at the time of this recording and podcast is just a really fun, fresh way to try some, you know, new seasonal foods, um, and maybe explore some, some new options. So these are the conversations that, you know, I know that I have with my friends that come up with the people that I work with. So I feel like this is something probably on your heart that you're committing to wanting to eat better, to feel better. And it might just, you know, be one of those things that aligns with your health goals. And sometimes it can be hard to get the buy-in of our family. And I get it. Everybody's taste buds prefer different things. And I don't care where you are right now. I don't know what the last, you know, month, week, couple of years has looked like for you. You always get to choose again. You can always start over. And maybe it's you leading the charge. Maybe it's you really needing to have a few conversations with the people in your home to really make this uh, a plan for everybody. You know, maybe it comes back to even just like when you get the groceries, how you're preparing the meals. But I kind of want to go a little more high level today on one area that a lot of my friends are talking about. And I had been with a couple of my friends and I was just asking, you know, what are some of the things that I could chat about on the podcast? Like what, what would be helpful and useful for people? And it really was this idea of getting your family to eat healthy with you and just have hopefully the right mindset and be open-minded. So I just thought I'll share a few things that I focused on in my home. It's the way that I have coached some of my coaching clients and, you know, just kind of some reflections as my kids are getting a little bit older and, you know, the reality is I can't keep them in this quote unquote bubble that I definitely did have them in for a little while, which is okay. You know, there was certainly that season, but I, it's more about equipping them and giving them the tools to make better choices as often as possible. And again, the ages my kids are at, we're at just about 11, nine, actually this week, my son turns nine and our youngest just turned six. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not always together. I really expect that they, and I'm hopeful, (laughs) a hopeful expectation that they will actually continue to make more of these choices for themselves. So one of the things that I have always tried to do as a parent and as a registered holistic nutritionist, I mean, I'm sure my kids have Well, they certainly have said this. (laughs) They wish I wasn't a nutritionist because they've obviously sometimes thought it wasn't very fair or maybe fun, the the choices that I have encouraged them to make or made on their behalf. So one of the things that I've always tried to tell my kids and try to make that connection is how they feel. And quite honestly, not all adults are aware of this. So it's one of those things where maybe it's just more of a conversation or as you're coaching them to make those choices or as you're maybe talking through, not maybe justifying, but talking through the choices that you're making, whether it's the food you bring into your home or it's 
what you do when you know you're out at a restaurant or you're out at a family gathering, if it came to all of the snacks and the treats, you know, I would just say to my kids, you can have a little bit, like, of course you can have a get a little bit. And I think that might even be a common misconception for people like me who help others with their food. Like my kids certainly get their fair share of treats and in our home, but also obviously when they're with, you know, grandparents or friends or we're out at a party or wherever we find ourselves. So I know that you can relate to that because that's kind of a constant thing with kids. So I think it's a, just a really big deal and it's really important and just valuable of it's not just the lesson or, or telling them what they can and can't do, but it's trying to make that connection. And my hope is that one day it really lands for them. I mean, for sure, my kids have gone off on a tangent and ate too much and had a had a tummy ache or didn't feel good. So it's those kind of talking points that I've always tried to make for our children is that, you know, it's okay to have a little bit, but there's actually a reason it's not because I'm like an angry, really mean mom. (laughs) It's because I actually love and adore you and I want you to feel good. I want you to have energy. I want it to not disrupt your sleep. I want you to be able to run and, and be, feel really confident in your activities, whether it's soccer or hockey or whatever. Like I want you to feel good. So really encouraging and having that education piece is I think really, really important. And I can't confirm when that really lands because I feel like my kids still give me pushback, clearly. Um, But it's one of those conversations where I just really want them to continue to be reminded of why it's important. And as it pertains to sugar specifically, that was one of the areas I was talking about with my friends. And I just said, you know, what I'm finding really challenging at these ages as well, too, is that I can't have them in that bubble. And it just feels like every single month there's either a really big, you know, holiday, whether it's, you know, Christmas and then it's New Year's and then it's Valentine's Day. And then we have a birthday in our home that next month. And then it's Easter. And then it's like then we're into kind of birthdays every single month for the coming month. So just and then it's summer. And then, you know, so it's it's never it's never fully gone and the birthday parties they get invited to and then other family birthday parties. So it's all fun. It's all good. But I think as it pertains to sugar, it really can get out of control really, really fast if you are not super kind of aware and alert and also just trying to give them the tools so they can make those better choices themselves as well, too. So I think the education piece for one is really, really important. Another approach that I have always had with my clients and I also talk about with my own family is, and I'm sure you've heard this, but the 80-20 rule. And so the 80-20 rule is really just this conversation that 80% of the time you are going to make the best decisions, the best choices that you can. The other 20% of the time, you're going to have fun. Like, of course, you're going to have that delicious you know, treat that your grandma made or your best friend that she brings to that potluck that you love. Like, yes and amen, you are going to have that. And I think the biggest thing too is that permission without the guilt or the shame because I never want, you never want food to be that and it doesn't need to be really overwhelming and it shouldn't, you know, try to tie in like a negative emotion to having that um, because I think that that is just as detrimental to our health if you have a really terrible kind of um, inner dialogue, I think that that can be 
worse on your health than maybe even eating the actual piece of cake, you know? So I, that is another thing we say to our kids, like 80, 20. So if we are knowing that an event or a holiday is coming up, you know, we're really being more mindful of having filling the day or the day before, ideally every day, but especially even maybe it's something in the evening, for example, and then in the day, we're having a really solid breakfast that is really going to give us nourishment and fuel. We're really focusing on lots of water and we're not filling up and adding sugar into all these other kind of nooks and crannies of the meals and snacks because we know later in the day, there's most likely going to be some delicious offerings that you would rather have. So even that 80-20 within the day, or maybe it's actually when you're there at the at the place, at the event, at the party, and even just looking at your plate, like... of it, let's focus on some of the good stuff. And then the other 20% can be those treats. So the 80-20 rule is one of those other things that I just, I think gives a good visual, even for us as adults, because we know what it feels like when you go to one of those. You can either go buck wild and go go for it, like full on go for it and go for all the things. Or you can just be a little bit more mindful and you're just going to feel a lot better. You know, you're going to feel a lot better in your body. Okay, so that was two, number two. And now number three, as it pertains to sugar specifically, like again, we can, maybe this is a conversation we carry on over the next even couple podcasts, just because I think this is a a much bigger conversation and topic than just one quick little podcast. Um, So as it pertains to getting your family to really buy into healthy eating and specifically being aware of sugar, And maybe I need to backtrack just for a minute. I mean, I think we all have a pretty sound understanding that sugar is not ideal for our bodies. And you guys, I don't even think that I need to give you a number of stats and, you know, point talking points of like why it's not good. But for our kids, like there are just a couple of big things that come to mind for me as a mom when I send my kids out to the world why I am very aware of how much sugar they're having every single day and why it's, yes, something that they have, but I do try to bring a level of awareness, especially with all of the holidays, like every single month or birthdays. So sugar is, it's so sneaky. It is so, so sneaky. And if you are buying, you know, packaged and processed foods, and it's even in the ones that you think may not be there, First of all, sugar has a lot of different names. (laughs) So it's almost like you have to have um, a couple minutes sometimes, depending on the food choices that you're making at the grocery store, just to scan the label if it's something new that you're trying, because sugar can be so sneaky. There's all sorts of different words and truly like just a quick Google search, you're going to find all of the different names, all the different types of sugars that are put into these foods. So one, they can be very, very sneaky. Two, when our body has it or becomes a little more accustomed to it, you just, you do. It literally creates this like feel good response in the body that you desire more, that you want more. And I think sometimes depending on where your family is at, you really can have different preferences just based on what you've been eating over time. And you can retrain your taste buds. Foods will taste so delicious and so naturally sweet as you decrease how much you should be having or how much you have in a day. And I have read some very concerning numbers over the years, but it's it's no doubt with just how our society tends to look at 
meals and, and food preparation and the types of foods that we're buying. So I have heard that, you know, the average, usually it's like the average American might have as much as like 19 or 20 teaspoons of sugar a day. That would be the equivalent if you looked at all of the food that they have throughout the day, as much as 19 to 20 teaspoons a day, which that converts to about 76 or 77 grams of sugar in a day. What I try to like, like what I try to encourage for our family or what I'm kind of aware of is like 25, like 25 grams a day. And I am not one of those people that like sits and does a lot of math when it comes to my food. But I think as you, I mean, we've been doing this over so many years as well too. So you just kind of have that level of awareness. But if you have no idea where you're at, I would encourage you to take a peek at the label, some of the foods that are in your, in your house, and you might be shocked of where it is, (laughs) where it's coming from. And it can be super sneaky. And then I want you to really think about what, how much your kids are probably having and you as well too. So I mean, if I'm shooting for 25 grams a day max, you just really have to be aware of where it's coming from. And, you know, I think that number might, everybody might have a different opinion, but I'm just thinking as less as the least you can have in a day, the better. Because here's, here's a few of the things that I really don't love about sugar is If I'm sending my kids off into the world, they go to school, I expect them to have, you know, good behavior. I want them to be curious and to be learning and taking in as much as they can. If your child is over-sugared first thing in the morning, which is one of those really, really easy areas for breakfast, that if you take a peek at what's in some of the breakfast choices you're making, you might be shocked. You know, it takes a glass of juice, uh, a yogurt that's already been flavored or might have uh, some fruit in it, quote unquote fruit in it, Um, cereals, you know, or even like even a wholesome meal. Like if I'm making my kids homemade pancakes with delicious, amazing Ontario maple syrup, you just have to think about what you're equipping their bodies, but their, their minds, it affects the brain. And that's why we want sugar. It feels good. It makes us feel good. It tastes darn delicious, but we, it makes us feel good. So we are, we're almost like we're going after that feeling again when we're eating more of the sugar. So mood is a huge, huge deal. Our children's ability to focus first thing in the morning or all day long and stay at a task. I mean, we are not setting them up for success as parents if we are giving them a lot of sugar first thing in the morning. So their mood, their energy, their focus as a parent, that's one area that I just, that's one of the reasons that I don't want them to have a lot of sugar. Obviously sugar can wreak havoc in so many areas of the body. But another one that I'm acutely aware of as a parent is their immune system. Just even the slightest amount of sugar really suppresses the immune system and allows it not to do its work. So for those of you like us that have had the sickies going through our home in either the fall and then usually again in the spring in some capacity, which it's not all bad, our bodies are meant to get stronger, to upgrade, to heal, you are setting yourself up for failure if you're constantly having too much sugar 
because the body cannot fight. It cannot do what it's meant to do. Innately, it has this wisdom within it and you are not letting it do that. So no wonder kids go down, you know, around Christmas time. It like just adds this additional burden and stress on the body. So that's just really high level of some of the reasons why I do not love when my kids have a lot of sugar and we kind of stick to that moderation piece of the 80-20 and focusing more on kind of the whole foods and choosing more of those foods. And then the education piece to my kids, like this is what I'm telling them. It's not just because I'm mean and I want to hurt your feelings and not let you have everything that every other kid at the party is having. You can have some, but this is why. So these are the the conversations that we're having. And I, again, pray that one of these days it just continues to stick and that they continue to kind of see this positive feedback loop for themselves of why this is the right choice. Okay, as we continue this conversation, we're kind of talking about education, we're talking about the 80-20 rule, kind of the approach and bringing your family into that. We're looking at kind of sugar specifically and maybe what the names are and what the goal is if we want to stick to around 25 grams a day. That's kind of like just a loose number to keep in mind. But one of the things that I I will say when it comes to sugar, it's more than just the big events. So I mentioned, you know, sometimes it feels tricky as a parent when you're trying to build your your child up with with nourishing foods and maybe not everybody in your life is is as mindful and I get that like our grandparents love to spoil our kids as well too so I've definitely had to loosen my grip and be okay with that because there is joy in that I mean I remember going to my grandparents place and raiding their candy drawers like legit every single week multiple times a week so I I remember doing that however it, it can be very challenging and it can be very triggering sometimes too when there's a reason why you're making these choices for your kids and other people aren't, <laughs> or they're maybe not as supportive of that or maybe they think you're being like a, you know, a stick in the mud, um, which I know you're not. But one of the things I think, it just comes down to the every single day things that you really kind of can control. So here's what I really kind of want you to take away from, one of the biggest things I want you to take away from this conversation is that you know, focus on what you can control within the four walls of your home. So maybe on the bigger days, you know, you're really focusing on just having some balance and some nourishing foods and good water and that sort of stuff and letting them enjoy that part of it. But I think that you could really walk away from listening to this today and take a peek at what's in your pantry, what's in your fridge, and even just some of the consistent meal choices that you and your family are making. So the first area I would really encourage you to look at is breakfast. Like what are some of the foods that you cycle through for your breakfast options? And I get it. Mornings can be quick, right? There's a lot. You're getting yourself ready to get out the door. The kids are getting themselves ready or ready to go to school. And sometimes breakfast is more of an afterthought. I would just personally love for you to really reframe how you're looking at breakfast. You are quite literally breaking the fast, which is really important that our body has had that time to rest, to restore overnight. And you're really giving yourself and your kids, I'm speaking to you too, because I know sometimes you're running out of the house without having breakfast. So you, I know within the health space, you're going to hear there's a lot of contradictions sometimes, but this is what I know to be true for my own body listen to your body. I mean, some people like to push it a little bit later in the day and have breakfast later, but let's talk about our kids for a moment specifically. They're heading out the door for a really big day of school, 
where they are expected to, you know, have good behavior, to think, to focus, to have a clear mind, to engage properly with their peers. And then most likely a lot of your kids have activities later at night. So nourishment is so important and you are giving them this strong foundation to begin the day when you break the fast. So having something that is actually going to give their body this balance of nourishment and nutrients and vitamins and minerals and not just be loaded with sugar to really spike their insulin response in the body, which affects our mood, affects the energy throughout the day. I really want you to think about what they're having. So what are some of the common breakfast foods? And I am not here to shame you. If, if cereal is your game in the morning, I mean, that's fine, but imagine if you could just switch it a little bit. Maybe you start rotating through. I mean, we, have chickens in our backyard. So we have a lot of eggs in a week, but egg to me, an egg is like the perfect food. So you can use eggs in so many different ways. Oatmeal, you know, having oatmeal, which yes, it is going to spike some of that um, with the glucose that's in it because it is a carbohydrate, but you can balance it out. So I will, instead of getting a packaged oatmeal that might already have some of the sugars and flavorings in it, doing a whole rolled oat or a steel cut oat and then adding my own fruits, but then I'll often add in chia seeds, hemp hearts, you know, just a little bit, again, depending on your kids and the texture and the things that they um, feel within their food and depending on their personalities. Um, I mean, it could be frozen fruit, it could be fresh fruit, um, uh, even nut butters, like a, an almond butter or a peanut butter, something that's natural, because again, there can be sugar really snuck into those sneaky, sneaky parts of a nut butter. So I always get a natural, uh, nut butter of some sort. And I will often naturally sweeten it with our honey that we actually have from our hives at home or maple syrup, but just a little bit just to take that kind of edge off and give it a little bit of flavor. But I would much rather make that myself than get it in a little package that the serving's not gonna be the same and it's just lacking that kind of nourishing piece. But within that one meal, for example, it has protein, it has some carbohydrates, it has some vitamins and minerals, it has some healthy fats. So you're giving them this like really beautiful balance to begin the day. Um, so that's like one of those things that we'll have sometimes, sometimes you could even make a healthy treat. So again, instead of maybe buying a packaged baked good, you make your own because you can control what's going into it. And it's lacking like the laundry list of, I, of ingredients that are listed there when someone else is making it and it doesn't have to take you a long time to do it. So, you know, even a, a piece of fruit with, uh, a baked good that actually has some good protein in it as well too, and doesn't have a lot of the extra added sugars. I just would encourage you to maybe try a, new, a few new things and ask your family to be willing to try a few new things as well too. And then see how you feel, see what you notice. It might take maybe that, like literally, maybe breakfast is the one area. And I think for a lot of you, it probably is. It's one of those things that you really could, could upgrade and up level and just bring some fresh energy into it, but really focus on that with your family is that is such a really integral part and foundation of starting your day of how you're going to feel, how you're going to perform and your level of happiness. And then it just kind of bleeds into, you know, how you're sleeping throughout the night as well too. So sugar is one of those things I think with breakfast, because if you, yeah, have a glass of juice, have a bowl of cereal, 
look at the sugar that's even in the milk that you're having and then look at how much what the actual serving size is on the back of the cereal and then look at the juice (laughs) and remember how we said 25 grams was our goal for the day there's a really good chance you might already be at at that that's true that's a true statement right there folks um another thing that is certainly worth stating is again i'm not trying to shame anyone but i think we all want our kids to be resilient their bodies and their minds and to be happy and not so moody and and be able to actually focus but breakfast is a huge deal even yogurt so that's another kind of offender whether it's for your breakfast or it's for uh, part of like a lunchbox that you're sending with your kids i always buy plain yogurt and this might be a bit of a transition for you and your family based on maybe what you're already buying and yes it can be it feels more convenient but a breakfast that our kids love is yogurt and granola and if i wasn't very mindful of what i was doing we would have a lot of sugar in our breakfast because if you look at the back of most packaged granolas and there are some better options i mean there's definitely some where you can find the serving size to be around six or seven grams of sugar but there's some that it's like 17 to 20 for a small like maybe a half cup so that's not even looking at the yogurt with if it's got a a flavor check out the sugar on the back of that label because maybe you haven't and so what I would rather do and I definitely did you know my kids have always been exposed to this but as they've tried other people's yogurt or tried new things sometimes I will buy like uh one of those kind of full fat uh, vanilla yogurts and I will quite literally put like a tablespoon in with the rest of the yogurt but 98% of the time, I just get plain yogurt. I go full fat, like the 3.5%. And I will add in some granola, one of the ones that are not filled with too much sugar. And then I'll do, again, chia seeds, hemp hearts. I'll do kind of the same thing as I was mentioning with the oatmeal, basically, like various fruits, depending on what's in season. Um, cinnamon, I love adding cinnamon to oatmeal. Sorry, I didn't mention that and yogurt it's great for balancing blood sugar levels and I think it just makes it taste kind of naturally sweet and then we'll use a little bit of honey and maple syrup and or um, maple syrup just to add it a little bit of natural sugars but again being very mindful that you know yogurt and granola with some berries like that's a very healthy breakfast right well it is if you are paying attention to what you're actually buying so I feel like you know sugar is one of those things from a a bigger, grander standpoint. We really look at the big things, the big events, the big days, the the parties, that sort of stuff. Yes, reeling that in a bit, focusing on the 80-20, doing what you can, but it really is further investigating those little nooks and crannies of your day where you just might not be paying attention. So maybe breakfast for you this week is one of those areas. You're going to look at what you normally have, like what's your normal rotation, finish up what you have. Like if you are somebody that's having cereal in the morning, maybe you kind of you go with that. You maybe finish out. I don't, I'm not into food waste. (laughs) Nobody is. Um, but then look at a couple of new options that you could really rotate in and you might have to be patient and have these conversations with your family because they may not agree with your choices that you're making. They might think that they don't want to make those choices. So you might have to ease it in. Um, but I think breakfast is a really good place to begin and to look at. And then the other thing I would challenge you, especially as we're talking about our kids and really being mindful of sugar, check out their lunch boxes. Like check out the things that you're putting into their lunches that can be main offenders. 
and focusing again on more healthy protein and fat and lots of different colors, vegetables, you know, some of the fruits and things like that too, and just ways to balance it. So even, you know, an apple's great. It still has that effect on our, on our body that it's going to um, spike a little bit with the glucose that's in there, the conversion to glucose. But the other thing is like, maybe you just send a little thing of nut butter if you can, I guess not everybody's school allows that, I guess, but even just like, um, a form of protein that allows the body to kind of slow down that absorption and kind of level out the blood sugar levels would be the most layman's terms of explaining that. So it's just like kind of combining certain foods in their lunch boxes as well so that it kind of slows down that absorption. And as long as it's coming from more natural sources, um, you know, that kind of target of 25 plus or just a little over is a lot more attainable and just how it's being used in the body. Uh, versus overly packaged and processed foods, which the sugars, and again, we said there's a lot of different names. It is just a lot better if it's coming from a more natural source, from something that you are putting in or you made in your home. It's just a lot better for the body. So I feel like that was a lot. This is a bit of a longer episode, but I think I know, I know, because it's something that I walk every day as well too. And, you know, we've had a couple of holidays, whether you have birthdays coming up or heading into the summer months and I get it. We can't always be there as our kids are making these choices, but I would say anchor into the routines and the habits that you can control. Have the conversations with your families. Um, That education piece I think really is important and the 80-20 rule is really great, but I really, really want to encourage you as we're kind of talking this through. I think that breakfast and lunch boxes is a really beautiful starting point for you to ease your way into more grounding nourishment and really breaking the fast and setting your kids up and yourself for success within their bodies and within their minds for their beautiful immune systems and really just giving them those foundational pieces to be strong and resilient um, and go out into the world and be amazing. So if you have any questions or you have other things that may be surrounding healthy eating with your family that would be helpful to talk about in future conversations. There's definitely a couple of other areas, like just as it pertains to mealtime um, within your home, like how do you get your family to kind of buy into those healthy healthy meals that I think we could definitely touch on. So um, we will definitely have that conversation, but I hope this just gives you maybe a little refresh at this time of the year and just with your own mindset, I get it. Life is is so full. So sometimes we just get into habits that we don't even know that we're doing or we've kind of loosened the grip and we're not paying as close attention to that. But if you find that your kids are having problems maybe at school or their mood, um, their immune system, they're getting sick you know, more frequently or they're just not rebounding, really take a peek at some of those things. Let food be thy medicine. It's so overlooked in our current society in a lot of ways. And I just... I really, really hope and pray that we can get back to more of the basics in our kitchen and in our home and and reclaiming that power through food. We're often looking for, you know, pills and quick fixes to, to make it easier or convenience. And if we really just slowed down just a little bit and took a, took a little bigger look at what we were actually doing again, not from a shame or guilt standpoint, but just from a real true empowerment standpoint, Um, it would go a long way. So just take a peek at some of those sneaky foods. And maybe as you're making some meals the rest of the week, you'll just take a look. I don't like to obsess over, you know, ingredient lists and, and 
what it's telling you at the back of the box. Um, but as you are more aware, you tend to go to more whole food options that don't come in those packages. So you don't even really have to worry about it as much, but in the beginnings, no matter where you're at, there is a way to just bring a fresh level of awareness, fresh eyes, fresh mindset, fresh attitude into the power of the meals that you're making and get your family involved, get your kids involved. Like my kids will even look at the back of some containers if we're out now or we're grocery shopping or we're somewhere else and they'll, they'll notice it. They'll be like, oh, look how much sugar. Like ketchup, you guys. Ketchup is one of those things. Not only is there dye, which it's not ideal. We definitely have ketchup in our house sometimes. And I have tried the organic ones. <laughs> I've tried to make my own. And my family is a little resistant. So that is one of those condiments that I do have in my fridge. But we're very mindful. I'm like, look at the sugar that's on there. Like that's, it's just not needed, you know? So a little bit is okay, but... Um, not a whole plate of it to go with the meal. So just pay attention. I think this just really comes from my heart is just knowing that sometimes you want to make the healthy choices in your home or you feel that level of responsibility to do it and you don't always have the buy-in from your family. So there are ways to just be that positive influence for them and to start having those conversations if you haven't already. Um, if you have any tips or tricks or things that have worked for you, leave a review. I would love for you to share that with our community. That's a great way for them to see it as well too. If you have any more questions on this topic of just getting your family to buy in, come say hi over on Instagram, natashabell.co. I would love to hear from you. And you guys, I am so grateful when I see you guys take a screenshot or you've shared it with a friend or you text me and you tell me something that was like a takeaway from the podcast. It means the world to me. And it's really, really helpful to know what some of these conversations are going to be as we move forward uh, together. So I hope that this encourages you in some way today that you can take into your kitchen, you can take into your home and with your family and just be really mindful of how you are going to continue to encourage your family to eat healthy with a little focus on sugar and, and why we may not want to have it, what some simple ways are to bring awareness and upgrade those routines and I am just so grateful you're here. So I will catch you again on Thursday, you guys. Have a beautiful day and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening, friend. If this podcast inspired you or helped you in some way today, I would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode, share the love with a friend or fellow entrepreneur, and tag me on Instagram, natashabell.co. I'd love to know what landed for you, what you're taking action on, or what you want more of. My hope? is that you can grab a hold of what landed for you from today's episode and release the rest. And hey, would you mind taking 30 seconds to leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts? Have a beautiful day, my friend, and I cannot wait to chat with you again soon as we create a community centered on well-being, raising each other up, and stepping forward in confidence in our purpose.